The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. And welcome to Voices of Unity. I am Ellen Debenport. This is a show that it's, it's a little different from some of the others. I've been inviting different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise for several weeks at a time so that you can dive deep into spiritual topics and discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. So I'm kind of the host and MC for this show. I'm a unity minister. I've written a couple of books. I've had a couple of churches, uh, both in Texas. And I work now at Unity Village, the headquarters, sometimes called the Vatican, of the unity movement. It's okay. It's nothing like the Vatican. Uh, We're here outside of Kansas City. And I am here today again with Reverend Carla McClellan, who is a unity minister and a life coach, together again in the tower, the unity tower. So thanks for being here, Carla. It's my delight, Ellen. Uh, We've been talking to Carla about how to create the life you want. That's what she helps people do. So we started the first week with rekindling your dreams. And we talked about how some people don't feel like they have dreams or goals in life. That was October 2nd, if you want to go back and listen. Last week, we talked about monkey mind. It's those voices in your head that tell you how bad things are and why this isn't going to work. I suppose once you have a dream in mind, that's when monkey mind will chime in and say, you can't pull this off. This will never happen. (laughs) Uh, And Carla had some recommendations for that. Name the feelings. Uh, Focus on gratitude. Focus on your intention. And be enthusiastic. That was last week, October 9th. So today we are live on October 15th, and if you're listening live, the call-in number is 816-251-3555. We love it when people call in with questions or comments or just to join the conversation. So Carla, today we're talking about, all right, you've got a dream in mind. Now what do you do? Yeah, I love to be practical, Ellen. And I've been um, uh, in the unity movement for um, what seems like billions of years. But <laughs> all all my, your life. Yeah, all my life. And, um, and I love the idea uh, that we used to call it practical Christianity. Now perhaps practical spirituality. But, but one of the things that, that Fillmore was clear about was that we were able, we had the ability to create our life experiences and what we longed to bring into our life. We had the different powers available to us to enable us to be able to do that. Yeah. Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder, he believed we are all divine. We're expressions of God walking around on earth. And therefore, we have access to any divine attribute we can think of. He came up with a list of 12, but we could probably think of more. 
I like my 13th is flexibility. <laughs> okay. Because I find it very necessary in today's world um, that, that, as we talked about last week, is very chaotic. Um, and that's a good sign because it means creation is taking place. You're telling me the chaos that's going on in the world is a good thing. Yeah, baby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And creation is taking place because it looks like we're going to hell in a handbasket. Well, that's part of um, why there's chaos now, because we have to um, we have to reorder our paradigms into um, uh, a higher way of being of service to our world, whether it's our environment, whether it's our political system, whether it's our relationships with um, with the people we love. We, we're finding that we're needing more and more skills to communicate who we really are to the person that that really wants to communicate who they really are to you. So it's almost like for me, you know, you get emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence. Well, I I think we need conversational intelligence now. Um, I know I do, you know, so it's waking up to the response, what's being mirrored back to us in the world and seeing, hmm, what's my part in this? Is there something I have to learn? Could I perhaps shift gears? Is this an old way of thinking that's caught me in a pattern that's no longer working for me? So my deal is I want to make it easier for people to enjoy this precious experience we call life because one thing I know for sure is it's much shorter than we sometimes like it to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting idea. So it occurs to me that when people are marching in the streets and shouting, they're literally trying to be heard. Yes. And yes. So we must have millions and millions of people feeling unheard. Well, that's what that's what I'm really seeing um, out there. You know, like you, I travel around to unity centers and uh, communities um, uh, around the United States, and and one thing that I'm particularly paying attention to, even more than before, is women are not really feeling heard. Mm-hmm. They're being seen in ways they don't particularly want to be seen anymore and want to be heard and valued for the contribution they're bringing. So, you know, I was thrilled that my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter went and marched in Washington, D.C. last week. I thought, yay, go for it, girls. Um, not that I, I, you know, think it's men against women. I just think we're trying to learn a new way of being with each other that works for everyone, Yeah, which is the whole premise, I think, of the unity movement. You know, how do we how do we practice spiritual principle in a way that works effectively for all concerned? Because it, it, no matter what your theology is. There's a way we can all have an experience of what we call God. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, kind of the reason we're all here. So Fillmore said, Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, said that the secret of demonstration, he's, you know, we can demonstrate. Just making something real in your life. It's taking an idea and shaping it and forming it and, and making it real so you can touch it, smell it, you know, enjoy it. Okay. The secret of demonstration is to conceive, to dream, 
what is true in being. So being, being, um, uh, in this case, what we would call God or the universe or, you know, uh, invisible substance, all those terms. Being capital B. Capital B, okay. yes. And to carry this concept that 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 in the field of all possibilities, we decided to focus on this one concept, to carry out that concept in thought, in word, and in action. So in essence, if I can conceive a truth... There must be a way by which I can make that truth real, apparent, evidentiary, right right in front of me. Right. If I can conceive of an inexhaustible supply existing everywhere, then there is a way by which I can make that supply manifest. Now, I love that idea, don't you? Okay, he's saying if you can think of it, then you can make it happen. Yes. Yes. If it pops into your mind, then, then it's possible. Then it's possible. And when I was, you know, a lot younger, I thought some of the spiritual concepts, you know, like as a teenager, I didn't really get. But the idea that there was an inexhaustible supply of everything that I could conceive of and and bring into my life sounded pretty good. Now, as a teenager, that meant dates and, <laughs> you know, money, cars and things like that. And as I matured, the I, this this whole idea has so much depth to it and possibility that it it energizes me no matter what the condition or drama in my life happens to be at the time, which I don't know about those of you listening, but I notice there's a lot of drama everywhere I go. Perhaps I'm a contributor to it. Think you maybe attract drama? <laughs> yes, I think maybe there's something about me that, oh, yeah, you think that? Let's try this, son. Mm-hmm. So, so... Um, essentially, to me, what this is saying and what um, Scripture reinforces is that all things are possible when we're coming from a higher perspective than what's in it for me. What can I mm. get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. When we're coming at it more from how can I serve or how can I give or, or you know, um, use me. I'm a conduit of energy, and I'm a conduit of higher energy than I'm even demonstrating right here and now. One of the most radical things I learned in Unity, uh, which I think is what Fillmore just said, but I read it in Emily Cady's book, Lessons in Truth, is that desire is God tapping on your heart, letting you know what's available. And I grew up around people who were always seeking God's will. Mm. You know, God has something he wants me to do, and I need to figure out what that is. And there was kind of an underlying assumption it would be something I don't want to do. (laughs) Uh, You know, be a missionary in Africa or whatever it might be. And Emily Cady seemed to be saying that my will is God's will, that the way I can 
discover my path is through my desires. Mm. And I no longer believe there's a God out there with a will for me thinking, Ellen, you should go there and do this. But I certainly believe that we can tap into divine guidance coming from God or our higher selves or the energy of the universe, whatever you want to call it. But it, don't you think that's radical, that that desire is letting us know what's possible for us and we wouldn't think of it if it weren't possible for us? I love that, though, don't you? Yet yeah, desire can be broken down to, um, uh, you know, of the sire of the father, so of a higher yes. power yes. than uh, our chattering mind that we talked about last week, or even our our routine mundane thoughts that that if something awakens, that's what really we're about is awakening to mm-hmm. something new, to giving more, being more, having having the ability to to transform whatever our life experience is um you know that that desire comes from within us but it is of of a higher power it's from our if you will spirit or our soul well now so let's talk about that oh here we go (laughs) well i love it we can all name desires that probably are not from our higher self um, having an affair with someone in the office, the the chocolate cake, we're and that's not what we mean. It, we're no. not saying that just anything you want is fine. But I think sometimes this dissuades people from trying to create a dream or a vision for their lives because they don't trust their own thinking. A uh, very valid point. They'll say, "Oh, that's just ego," or "I have stinking thinking," and mm-hmm. you know, I can't let myself think about what I want because it'll be wrong or bad. So one of the um, uh, tests I use when I when I get an idea that seems to excite something inside of me is I use my heart mm-hmm. and I'll even place my hands and I have clients do this on their heart and just simply ask a reflective question such as um, does does this thought excite me and then why does it excite me what does it bring into being that hasn't been there before mm-hmm. um so that's one of the the tests i i learned early on your body will never lie to you but your mind will always <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be watching those thoughts but your body your body will tell you the truth in your emotional state, in your feelings. And then if we begin to look at, at the beliefs that we've formed, um, and that takes reflective questioning. So, so if I'm having a monkey mind, quote unquote, mm-hmm. dream, um, it might be um, I could use money as an example because we never have enough. Right. Right. Okay, and I can have this. She's, she's not serious about that. But, no, but, but for this example, go ahead. Yes, just just using it. Um, if I if I was to dream of this year, I want to make X amount of money. Like, let's, for an example, let's say I want to make three hundred thousand dollars a year this year. Mm-hmm. So my question to myself would be, why? 
what would I do with three hundred thousand um, uh, dollars? What would expand in my life? How would I be able to contribute more or serve more with that amount of money? So it's not coming from the money for the money's sake, but the idea of contributing to the greater good with more resources. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think of that as money is the congealed, as Eric Butterworth says, the congealed energy of God that we circulate Mm -hmm. to make the world a better place. That's huge. I want to make sure the listeners heard that. Money is the congealed energy of God that we circulate. Wow. I think very few people see it that way. I know. I know. You know, really, um, conceptually, that's easy, you know, to conceive of. But when you really break it down and think, okay, do I really believe that this is the congealed energy of God that is available to everybody in an inexhaustible supply? Right? Isn't that what we teach? Yes, because how could you run out of the energy of God? Right, right. So it's a real mind shift when you get into a corporation. Yes, or even a church. Or, yes. When you're looking at the P&L, which mm-hmm. boards do. Yeah. And, and it, it's hard to balance the prosperity consciousness we teach with the numbers you may be seeing on the page. And And so with the inexhaustible supply, we say it takes imagination. Mm-hmm. And it takes faith. And you got to throw some wisdom in there, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we might have the ability to be available to the inexhaustible supply of money, but we might not have the skill to manage it effectively. So oh. there might be some things that we need to if you will, bone up on, you know. Like the lottery winners who end up broke within five years. Yes. It's actually 18 months. Oh, no. 18 months. Oh. That hurts, doesn't it? It does. But it proves one thing that we've been saying for years. It's all consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. You know, and there's many of us that um, uh, can get to the point where we dislike that word (laughs) but if we think awareness what we're awake to right could i manage three hundred thousand dollars a year i don't know yet (laughs) so yet i'm just imagining listeners out there thinking what do you mean there's an inexhaustible supply of money please call us let's have this argument on the air yes um the number is 816-251-3555 And we'd love to hear what you think about this, what your experience has been, because we keep claiming there's this abundant supply in the universe. And, of course, you can just look around and see pockets of lack and people in poverty and sickness and hunger and all of those things. It's it's a little hard to believe. It seems almost paradoxical, doesn't it? So are we doing something wrong? I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking. What do you think? Well, in that we're not awake enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not an intentional 
you know, I want to be poor and I'm going to demonstrate inexhaustible supply does not exist. But it is um, we're it's almost on mod- automatic pilot, isn't it, that that we'll say there's not enough time or money to get done the things that we long to get done. Right. It's almost that that first excuse we come to. I know um, that when I am conscious of how I am using the energy of money, I awaken to ways I'm just kind of leaking it instead of investing it towards the things that I say are really important mm-hmm. to me. Um, so one of the one of the tricks I have clients do, and it's it's fun to see what happens, is is getting a little notebook. And for at least a week or maybe two weeks till our next time of meeting, write down everything you spend your money on. Mm. Everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that latte you run through the bookstore <laughs> quickly to get um, uh, gas, food, clothing, those impulse buying that we say, oh, it's just a treat I want to give myself. I've been such a good girl. I deserve the chocolate cake. Well, yes. Of course. Of course. Let us remember, my friends, that monkey mind is at the emotional development of a 9 to 11-year-old. It wants what it wants when it wants it. It deserves what it wants. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then there's that other voice. You know that voice, Ellen? Which one? The one that isn't chattering like a... Oh, the, the still small voice. That still small voice. And it is still and small. And you know the thing that you can know you're listening to the still small voice as opposed to the monkey mind is because there's um, generosity present. You know, you've got breathing room. Mm. There's always possibility. Mm-hmm. There's possibility you can see for yourself and possibility you can see for others. And and always a gentle humor, it's self-humor. You know, it's that voice that says, oh, come on, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just a story you're telling. Yeah. And it takes time to differentiate, to discern, if you will, between the two voices. Mm-hmm. And really, that's what most spiritual awakening is about, is how to discern which voice we're listening to or what dream we decide we're going to go for. And and that was my main question for you today is how do you know you've got the right dream? Well, there are several different ways. Um, well, you were sharing a couple of ways Mary Manon Morrissey says to test a dream. Um, and I 100% agree with them. Uh, why don't you share for our listeners? She's got a five-part test for is your dream worthy of you? And I don't remember all five right now, but the ones that stick in my mind are, is there good in it for others? And does it scare you? <laughs> um, or she doesn't put it quite that way, but she says, is it something you can accomplish on your own? Because if you already know exactly what to do and how to get there, the dream is not big enough for you. And I say amen to that. Um, uh, the The... 
that's exactly if you know how to do your dream you're just not doing it right now that's not a that's not a a vision for your life mm-hmm. that isn't big enough um, to carry you past the chatter of your mind. Because monkey mind will always, as you said in the beginning of the show, it's always going to chatter when you when you claim your dream, you yes. know. So a dream is just um, uh, allowing yourself to look at all the possibilities there are, that inexhaustible supply of, of uh, what we don't have. You know, what we want more of, what we want to be more of, what what we want to do more of. So it's it's just giving yourself time. I, I think of, you know, laying on my bed, just kind of arms behind my head, just thinking, what would I really love to be doing that I'm not doing today? What would I really love? That's a hard question for some people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, um, people, stops you from asking yourself what you'd love to do? Does Is that a hard question for you, Ellen, to really put you on the spot here? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I've had lots of people um, say that to me when I, when I say it in a talk. Lots of ministers come up to me and say, Carla, I don't know what I'd love to be doing. I Aren't I doing it? <laughs> mm-hmm. But but loving what you're doing is different than performing a um, uh, an action that is required that is part of your job responsibility. Okay. But if you have achieved your dream, or if you've worked on dreams, <clears throat> you may have a job that is your dream job that you really love. That this is what you wanted to be doing. This is how you fulfill your purpose and contribute to the world. And even though every job, I think, has some drudgery in it, mm-hmm. uh, it is it a legitimate answer when when you ask, what would I love to be doing, to say, I think I'm doing it? I think it is a legitimate answer. Uh, um I certainly feel like at this point in my life, at the ancient age I am, that I'm my affirmation is I'm doing what I love to do with people I love to do it with. Um, so I understand that, but there's always something more wanting to be birthed through us, if you get what I mean. So we never get to the point where we can just relax and call, oh, I th- call it done. <laughs> I think that relaxation, enjoyment, pleasure is part of what we have to allow ourselves to experience. Okay. We'll be back after a break. I'm with Reverend Carla McClellan talking about our dreams and our visions. And once you know what you want, now what do you do? This is Ellen Devonport. We'll be back in a few minutes. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. 
go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. If you're looking for cutting-edge health information, make sure you join Dr. Evelyn Higgins every Monday at 11 a.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. On the Dr. Evelyn Higgins Show, you will look at your health from all angles, the physical, spiritual, emotional, and intellectual. Dr. Higgins is an internationally recognized expert on health and wellness with over 29 years in clinical practice. Join the show with your questions and comments. The doctor is in. Tune in every Monday on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Devonport. We are back with Voices of Unity, and I'm here with Rev. Carla McClellan, Coach Carla, as she's known, we're talking about how to live your dreams. This is a, is it six or eight part series that we're going to do here? This, I, I, I think we've got it down for eight. Okay. We're on week three. So we're on the, we're at the place where we say, you've got an idea of what your dream or your vision for your life is, at least for the foreseeable future. So now what do you do with it? And I think we spent the whole first half of the show just talking about the dream. There are 
what four more steps? Yes. <laughs> so let's get started. So I on think those. yeah, we might might want to move it forward. Here's here's a quote that I really love. Um, that that talks about from dream to demonstration. It starts with a dream. You add a little faith, and it becomes a belief. Add action, and it becomes a part of your life. Add practice, and it becomes a goal in sight. Add patience and time, and it ends up a dream come true. So what we're talking about is, you know, a dream can be, as Walt Disney said, when you wish upon a star. You know, it starts that way with all the possibility. But then you got to make it into a vision and write it down. Why do we have to write it down? I've always heard that. Write down your vision. And have you done it? Yes. Yeah. And then I put it away. Yeah. That's the third step. You don't put it away. (laughs) Why do you need to write it anyway? It's like there's the different forms of learning. There's auditory learning and visual learning, and then there's kinesthetic learning. It's like we integrate it into our body, so our body holds on to it more. There's there's neuroscience behind that, that um, if you think it, ink it. You know, have you heard that expression? Think it, ink it, and um, act it. You know, so so I've always kept that in the back of my mind. Okay, if I'm thinking it, have I written it down? Because once I write it down and I add some emotion to it, like I love to travel. It really comes out of my life intention to be an adventurer. So I travel a lot. And when I'm traveling, you know, I can think about going somewhere, but unless I write down where it is I want to go, <laughs> um, I'm just going to end up thinking about traveling a lot. So writing it down begins me focusing my energy towards that which I say is important to me. What about the people who would say, don't be so specific, just go with the flow? You know, I used to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, the With it, um, if you don't create a, um, a vision, write down a vision that's really, oh, I use the word juicy, you know, mm-hmm. really exciting, then when monkey mind comes up, you quickly say, oh, okay, I wasn't meant to do that. Right. <laughs> you know, we in unity love to metaphysical, don't we? Yes, right. <laughs> let's visualize and then, oh, that's a little too hard. Let's not do that. I mustn't be meant to. Divine order is at play. Mm-hmm. Another one of my favorite words. Um, because of the misuse. But you you write down a vision and you put it in front of you so that you're focusing your attention, your awake to what's important to you. You're conscious. You're focusing your energy towards that which you say is important to you. So my vision might be a trip I'm planning. It might be um, a career 
skill I want to build. It might be a home. It might be something I want changed in my relationship, particularly like with adult children. Sometimes you drop, you, you're not as close. And so you have to set intentions to begin to anchor the vision into physical reality. So this is the step after writing it down. After you Set write intentions? It, setting intentions. You write those too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really helpful. So um, they say if you have more than three intentions at a time, you won't be successful with any of them. So it's important to pick out intentions for a specific period of time, not open-ended forever. And the next, I've, I've never been one to do the five years. I know I probably shouldn't say that on Unity Online, but. No, I, yeah, no. Because so much, life is unpredictable. Right. And constantly changing. So what the heck do I want to waste all this energy about five years from now? But I'm really specific about the next six months to a year. So let's go back for a second, because what's the difference in your dream and your intention? So a dream is a possibility that you're holding in your mind. You know, okay, I'm going to focus my attention on this because... Um, it, it sparks um, more energy in me. There's something within me that says, ooh, I'd like to do that. Um, and you'll forget about it with the next thought unless you begin to imagine it and um, uh, link it with some faith. You know, I, I know this is possible. If all things are possible, if there's inexhaustible su supply, if I can, you know, move mountains or whatever, then I want to have this dream shaped and formed in a vision that I can see, that I can touch, that I can focus on throughout the course of the very busy days we all live. In. So, you know, like my my um, millennials will do something very creative and put it on their cell phone so they will look at their vision um, in different ways. Uh, I've, I, I have a life plan I give to clients with, with um, certain areas of focus. The intentions, the intention begins to add promise to a dream. A dream is not going to happen if you just wish on it. So is intention a way to start breaking down the dream? Yes. It's about Into smaller parts. Parts, yes. So that you can begin. So a, a vision should be so big you have no idea how you're going to do it. Yes. You just know that there's something inside of you that longs to do that, to bring that. Mm -hmm. And so then an intention is like a GPS for your action. So it gives you a direction to move in. Now, we all know it's much easier to think about something than to take action on it. Yes. Um, you know, I don't know. Are you ever in brainstorming uh, meetings, Ellen? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Don't people love them? Well, Unity people are so <gasps> good at brainstorming. They're great with ideas. Following through, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> therein lies the reason I'm a coach. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> Yoo-hoo, you said it was important to you. And that's the power of intention. So what is your intention? No matter what, I am going to move in this direction, but I'm not going to take huge leaps. I'm not going to do 15 you know, plan a day where, and this is another thing Unity people are good at, set 16 different intentions and promise themselves they're going to do all these steps and they get overwhelmed with what life brings up. Is it like New Year's resolutions? Yeah. I, I don't like those. Well, then, so why do you like intentions better? Intentions focus me. They give me a direction, a sense of purpose. So, so a resolution... Um, sounds like a, I have to, a responsibility to me. Mm-hmm. But see, when I say intention, it's got more possibility with me than a resolution. If I say I am willing to be an adventurer, that's, that calls me to pay attention to the words I'm using and the actions I'm taking. Okay, if I resolve to be an adventure, it sounds like chore. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a burden. Oh, God, I've got to be an adventurer now. <laughs> okay, so so give me an example here. Let's say the dream is to go on a cruise next year. Mm. The intention is to save money, maybe? It could be that. Saving money is more of a task. More of an action. Yeah. Okay, so what would an intention be? Um, uh, well, like um, I'm going on the uh, Unity cruise in March. Me too. And um, so my intention on that is to, um, uh, to be a successful communicator with like-minded people, to be spiritually developing. To be one of the things I love that we're going to do is we're going to do um, something that gives back to an area that that the hurricane devastated. Yeah, I think we're stopping in Puerto Rico, right? Right. And so when I heard that, I thought I gotta be on that cruise mm-hmm. because um, you know I don't get to go to Puerto Rico every day, and I don't you know to be with like-minded people um, and to be doing something good for our environment and for the dedicated unity people in Puerto Rico and the dedicated people of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds good to me. Sounds like a contribution for the greater good than just me having a, um, an adventure on a cruise ship. So you can have an intention for the day, for a particular meeting, or for a holiday dinner, and... They can be large or small. Yeah. But they feed into the larger dream. So, for instance, I want a better relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving is coming up, so my intention is patience or love or something. Yes. Is the, that- the, the, the question that I ask myself is, okay, if my very nature is of God nature, mm-hmm. of this absolute um, um, pure goodness quality, then what could I bring to the family dinner that I haven't brought in the past? That is what I would ask myself. Well, one thing that I could bring that sometimes in the past has been lacking is patience. The other is um, uh, gentleness, because sometimes I get so caught up in the busyness of the dinner that I forget it's 
it's more important for me to be building relationships with those I love. So when we when we choose qualities to be, then we're that is then we be them. That's the promise. You know, you choose to be one way or the other. I don't like that as much as, you know, what is a higher quality I can be in this situation than the way I usually am. So is intention about how you're being? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then it's a direction you're going in. So... So in, okay. it, does that make sense? Yeah. And, the, and we're, they, we're not to the action step yet. No. The dream and intention are before that. The dream and the intention are before that. The okay. action happens when we um, when we do something physical. When we take so say, you know, my intention is to go on that cruise. Well, you know. I have to sign up for the cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an action step to be taken. If I look at um, all the different steps that go into actually getting on the cruise ship, I might get overwhelmed. So I just take one action at a time. And I also, so it's more fun and I can enjoy it, I I gather other people that I enjoy being with and I say, hey, Let's do this together. Um, so that action is imperative in a dream. It isn't just laying on your bed with your hands behind your head thinking about all that's possible or um, uh, that brainstorming. The brainstorming is, is absolutely wonderful, but it means nothing if there isn't an intention attached to it and a goal. And I think for some people, the lesson is not to leap into action until you have an intention. Yes. 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 The What I tell clients is out of your intention, from your vision, ask yourself every day, what step did I take today? What action did I take today that I knew was moving me towards my vision? Because the way the universe works is as we take action towards something, there is a synchronicity of energy that happens, and and eventually the vision is pulling us forward. Yes. So that's, that's to me, the point that I really love it. That's your ease and grace. <laughs> that's the pleasurable part about it. And you still want to be awake and aware always of your intention. But our intentions change. They shift um, depending on what's going on in our life. So at one time, you know, my intention might be to be an adventurer, but but next year it might be something totally different. Um, and that's okay. And that's all okay. Yeah. And to know that, you know, as Scripture tells us about spiritual gifts, our spiritual gifts change. So... Uh, so, so I'm trying to just nail this down. So let's say my dream is to be healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. My intention is to exercise. My action is to actually go to the gym. At some point, you have to take action. <laughs> Shoot. I was afraid of that. Well, you know, you sort of like the idea of if you just think about it and believe in it, <laughs> it exactly. will happen. Yes. 
but I've never noticed it works that way. <laughs> you know, that faith without works stuff. <laughs> so there needs to be an action. The, the intention to exercise isn't very juicy, is it? It, I mean, it doesn't like get you, oh, yeah, I want to do that. But if you set an intention to be physically fit and healthy, I set a goal worth playing for that when I'm on, I, I, my intention is to be physically fit and healthy. And so my goal is when I'm on the cruise, I can be able to walk two miles with ease and grace mm-hmm. because I want to be able to um, experience something with other people. Then you got me, um, you've got me involved in it emotionally enough to get past the chatter of my mind that says, oh, come on, Carla, you can go to the gym anytime. <laughs> you don't need to do it today. Hey, we've got a caller. Oh, great. Yeah. This is Penny. Are you there? I am here. Thanks for calling. Jump in. You're welcome. Well, I've just really enjoyed your conversation this morning. And one of the tools, or maybe you could call them several of the tools, I'm a coach like Carla, and uh, I love to help my clients see the value of becoming more of a conscious conduit in all those areas you've been kind of talking about this morning, like uh, like the money area, like uh, creativity, you mentioned that one. Uh, enjoyment is certainly one of those. And just becoming conscious helps me, and I think it helps my clients too, not consider the monkey mind that we all experience, but to be more aware of what we're experiencing in the moment. And that kind of goes along with the example you just gave, Carla, of being on the cruise and and, uh, choosing to walk around the deck and be active and uh, just to, to be conscious of the energy that you have. And we all have these energies that we are sometimes struggling to channel and direct and become <laughs> conscious about, but just declaring and affirming, I am a conscious conduit of my money, my time, my vitality, my uh, creativity, my relationship things. So I just I wanted to insert that into the conversation because you kind of been talking about it, but it kind of brings it all together. I agree. So being conscious of your how you're investing your energy. Um, so when you've got a dream and then you're 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 conscious of of a vision um, that you want to to invest your energy towards, don't you find that writing it down is is imperative that action of writing it down helps you to be more conscious more awake to what you say is important to you oh yes yes very much very much yeah and then do you find that your clients conscious of how they're using their energy are more effective with it oh yes yeah it seems that's what i see i see them making results when they mm. do the kind of thing, I see them realizing in their own experience that they're getting what it is they came for. And that's, that's why we get into coaching is to help someone get clear about what's important to them and then to experience it and bring it into their lives. So there's an emotional factor too with it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. And I, I liked what you said a little while ago about uh, having a client get in touch with their heart so that they're clear what, what the message is that's coming from their heart. That's that inspiration you talked about, too. Yeah, and it's different than monkey mind, isn't it? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) So much better. So much better. Um, Thank you, Penny. And we really appreciate your contribution to the show. Those of you who are listening, if you think, oh, I don't really have a question or a comment that will make a difference, um, thank the monkey mind for sharing. Pick up the phone (laughs) and dial just like Penny did. It wasn't hard, was it, Penny? No, no, I just uh, just did it. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling. You bet. Thanks, Penny. If you really do want to call, it's 816-251-3555. So what is it, listener, what is it that stops your dream from coming true? Now, we've talked about monkey mind, and we've talked about the fact that monkey mind is loudest when we're up to doing things that we say are important to us. When we're on the verge. On the verge. So how do you get past monkey mind? Well... You've got the dream, you've got the vision, you've set the intention, you're taking action, and you get pushback. You know, something happens you didn't plan on. Welcome to the material world. <laughs> you know, that's your answer? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's what I want to say is it's normal for pushback. You know, we like to think when we make an... Um, Uh, arrangements to take a flight somewhere that we're going to get there, right? Yes. And we're going to get there when they tell us we're going to get there. Yeah, well. You know, so part of it is is understanding if if we get pushback, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with our plan. Okay, that's huge. And that was what I wanted to ask you, too. Because everyone, nearly everyone, will meet obstacles on the path. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a sign that I'm just not meant to do this, or is it something to overcome? Because every success story has a a part about overcoming adversity somehow. Well, and we're a movement, a spiritual movement about transformation. Yeah. So – so the reality of life is there's going to be change and there's going to be unpredictability. Guaranteed. But when is it telling you something? Well – Like you're on the wrong track. You know, I I think that, and well, I know that life is mirroring to us the thoughts that we're thinking and the words that we're using are creating energy to move forward. So if we're on the wrong track, all it means is it's time to make an adjustment, that there's another skill to be learned. It's not that we're incompetent or that's not our dream, you know, um, and, and I'll throw this out. You've heard me say it a lot of times, Ellen, is the whole thing of people say, write a book. And I go, <laughs> I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so so in the the loop in my head says you're you're a talker. You you talk good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your writing isn't so hot. <laughs> um, but 
that's not true. It's I haven't invested the same energy towards writing that I have towards talking because talking was a skill that I learned very quickly was important in relationships. Okay. And I love my joy in life comes out of relationships. Mm -hmm. I love to talk, but I also love to listen to people's stories. So the quicker I could get them to trust me, the quicker they tell me the important stories in their life, right? Right. So talking became a skill that was really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, writing was a lot more interesting because I had to do more of it. You know, it's it's it doesn't mean anything about me or my intentions. It just means where I'm investing my energy. Does it mean I'm not supposed to be a writer? No, it doesn't mean anything like that. It means I'm not invested in sitting down and writing. I am a writer, and I can tell you that when you're doing it, the monkey mind will say, the world does not need another spiritual <laughs> book. Why am I even bothering with this? So, you know, you can live a long, happy life without ever writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad you wrote the books you wrote. Oh, thank you. They're, um, um, they're very helpful for me. I love to hand a book to a, to a client and say, here, read this. It's really good stuff. <laughs> and the book is called Hell in the Hallway, Light at the Door. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> You're welcome. And we are out of time, Carla. Oh, no. It's the end of the show already. And I didn't get to gratitude. We only talked about gratitude last week, and we'll probably hit it again next week. Next week, the topic is the powerful questions that expand possibilities. And Carla promised to talk about the promises we make to ourselves. So we hope you'll join us then. This is Ellen Devonport with Reverend Carla McClellan and the Voices of Unity. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.